Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. And I could get a big hand for our pastor, Pastor Aaron. I'm going to turn it on anyway. Is that better? All right. So if you're hot this morning, the ACs are working fine. That's just the Holy Spirit. That means you're in the right place. Um, I'd like to start by announcing I am our youth pastor. My name is Pastor Eric Delgado. I have the... Yeah, you can give it up. You can give it up. I have the honor and I have the privilege uh, to shepherd this young, great, good-looking group of young men and women. Um, very also honored and privileged to share the this stage with our senior pastors, Pastor Mike and Donna, Associate Pastor Krista Binky, and our awesome worship leader, Miss Nicole. Um, so today, it's, it's really cool. Uh, God put something on my heart, and I had asked Pastor Mike if, um, yeah, yeah, it's good. I asked Pastor Mike if, if uh, he'd allow me to preach today, and after much consideration, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he said, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I believe, um, I've been praying for a long time for this. Uh, I believe this is a word that you could really get something from today. So if you're like, man, who's this guy up here preaching? It's not Pastor Mike. It's not Pastor Chris. It's all right. I get it. Just put that aside and be willing to receive from God. Because this isn't from me. This is from God. So we're going to start. We're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I just thank you for this opportunity to share with your word, Father. I've been praying all week, less of me, more in you. Less of me, more of you. And I thank you, Father, that this word is coming from you. I thank you that hardened hearts are loosened. I thank you that the walls that we've built up are broken down. I thank you that we have ears to hear and a heart to receive. And that we are better when we walk out of these doors than we walked in. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, All right. So the title of my message is called Heart Condition. All right? It's called Heart Condition. And it was interesting. I've been talking with somebody um, that's has a physical heart condition, and it really prompted this message, and if any of you out there do, um, maybe you'll relate to it, but even if you don't, this is more of a spiritual heart condition. So I did a lot of research, and what I like to do is, is I, I take things from the natural because I think it explains the spiritual. I think that's how God works. I think God allows us to see things in the world, and then he could relate it to our spiritual walk and our spiritual lives. So... What is a heart condition? The, the, the crazy thing about like an actual physical heart condition in this world is that there is no one condition. You, you can't just say I have a heart condition, it's one thing. It's several. So there is no one sp specific definition for a heart condition or heart disease. There are several conditions and factors that could affect your heart, causing it to not function properly and ultimately causing debilitation, or worst case, we get to go meet Jesus. 
The biblical heart condition is exactly the same. If you see, we had one of our spectacular, talented, we had a bunch of very talented young people, um, but Deb, I'm going to call you out, <laughs> painted these very realistic uh, hearts, and <laughs> she did this for like a couple of hours, <laughs> which is insane for like both of them. But you have what we have a healthy looking heart, and then we have maybe our not so healthy looking heart. And if you ever look up images, if you've had any issues, um, sometimes when our organs aren't taken care of properly, they start to deteriorate, start to decline, and this is actually a very good comparison of what they look like. But it's also a very good comparison of what our spiritual hearts can look like. Because just like our bodies, just like our physical organs that we have to take care of, we have to take care of our heart. And just like heart disease or heart conditions that affect us in, in the natural, we have heart conditions that affect us in the spiritual as well. And it actually be more detrimental because the worst that could happen to you if you have a heart condition in the natural, if you're a believer of Jesus, we get to go meet Jesus. If you have a spiritual heart condition it's not tended to, you might not get to meet Jesus. And that's the problem. Or some people that you were supposed to affect and be the hands and feet and, and, and be an example of what Jesus looks like, they might not get to meet Jesus because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So biblical heart conditions are factors that have hardened our hearts, that have driven us away from our Heavenly Father and isolated us from the people that God has put us around to further the kingdom. I want you to know, you don't have to be up on stage worshiping or running the things in the back, or greeting, or serving to serve God. We're all called to serve. We're all called to serve. I don't care if you're 10 and you're in, you know, Ignite. I don't care if you're 110 and you're, you're, you have a life group, whatever you're doing. We're all meant to be an example for the people around us to see what Jesus looks like. And, and too often, and I, look, I'm preaching to myself, I'm not always the best example. Can anybody relate? We're not, we, 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 sometimes we don't, we're not the best example. So here's, here's a statistic. According to the American Heart Association, nearly 48% of the population, now this was from 2016. In 2016, 48% of the population in the United States had some type of heart condition, physical, natural heart condition. Almost half the population. At that time, that was 121.5% million people. 121.5 million people. Most of them didn't even know, but they've got something going on with their heart. You want to know what's another crazy factor? Which I, I, I learned after talking to my wife, but tooth decay and heart disease are the most preventable diseases that can affect us. Because it's mostly based on lifestyle. Things that we choose to do are killing us, and we continue to do it. Things that we choose to do or choose not to do are affecting your pretty smile. And it's all a choice. It's nothing that we have, it's nothing that we're handcuffed that we don't have the power to do, especially here in the United States. We have options, we're just making good choices. It's very similar to our spiritual lives. God's given us everything we need. 
God's placed people around us to support us, to love us. He's given us his word in the Bible that's supposed to encourage us, is supposed to help guide us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. If we're sensitive to leading the Holy Spirit, it'll put us in the right direction, but we choose not to, to read, we choose not to hang around the right people, and we choose not to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's a choice, and we're making wrong choices. So hopefully today, I can encourage you through God's word, and God could encourage you to just assess our situation, assess our life, and see what it looks like if we follow God's way, right? So I dare to say 100% of the people in the world have some type of spiritual heart condition. Everybody does. I do. I'll share a little bit of mine. Um, I'll share it a little bit later. <laughs> but why is the condition of our heart so important? Well, Luke 6.45, the New International Version, the NIV, says, a good man, even if you're a woman, you're a woman, all right, so that refers to everybody, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart's full of. So now I'll tell on myself a little bit. <clears throat> a couple months ago, I was going through something, right? And I was like, it's a spiritual attack! Because that's how we can get sometimes. and blame everything on the enemy, but sometimes it's really just us. It's a spiritual attack. I'm angry all the time. I was frustrated. I was agitated. I was getting short with people. Can I be honest with you in church? Is it all right? Is it cool with you? A couple weeks, I didn't want to be here. I, could, oh, I know, I feel you. I didn't want to be here. I wake up. It's nothing on y'all. It was me, but I'm like, man, I don't want to see those people again. Ooh. Just being real, I know some of y'all are like, mm, me too. I don't want to do this. I don't want to set up again. I don't want to have to study for this again. Man, I got another message. It seemed like they come every week. And I was praying, and I was asking God. I was like, God, what's going on? I'm praying spirits away. Enemy, get away from me. You can't hold me. Cast out the spirits that are oppressing me, right? And then, who knows God could use anything? God could use anything. So God decided to use Instagram. <laughs> yeah, some of you, it's the devil. No, I mean, it could be. A lot of it is, but it depends what you choose to look at. So one of my feeds I was going through, it was a, it was a pastor, and I was, I was pretty much at my lowest low. I wasn't getting along with my best friend. Actually, not, not that we weren't getting along. I just didn't talk to him. I was isolating myself. I was isolating myself from my friends. I was always like, oh, woe is me. I have no friends. Since I became a Christian, nobody wants to hang out with me anymore. Well, actually, I was a Christian when I started more forthcoming about it, you know. But I started getting down on myself. And this pastor on, on uh, one of these shorts, their Instagram, he started talking, and he was saying the same thing. He's going this, through the same things. He's like, God, where is this coming from? Where is it? I, I figured it was something from the outside coming in. And he's like, you know what God told me? And I'm like, what? What did he tell you? I want to know. Hopefully he can help me out. And he said, just like the gold that we wear, right? It's not pure. Because it's too soft. You couldn't have gold without some of the other metals that they put in there to make it stronger. 
and those metals are considered impurities. And the revelation that he had, which I believe was so true to me, was it wasn't something that was coming from the outside in. It was something that was still in there all along. It was in my heart. And as we grow, as we spiritually mature, we're supposed to go from glory to glory. And as we do this, God is refining us. Not in a bad way. He's he's not putting us through the fire. But when we encounter worldly things and we encounter things in life that don't go along with God's plan and God's word, it's up to us what choice we make. And some of these things that were really in my heart all along started coming up and out. And God really revealed to me, it's not something from the outside coming in, it's something from the inside that was coming out that I needed to deal with. Because for so long, what I would do, I'm like, no, you get down there. You bury that, you suppress it, I don't want to deal with it. But if you don't deal with it, it's never going to go away. It's something you got to deal with. It's something you have to be intentional about. And you know what? It's not easy. It's not easy dealing with the things that we've been carrying around. You know why I like, really, why I love working with these young people? They're not as tainted as all the rest of us. They haven't been, seriously, they haven't been affected by the world as much. They will. But, see, they're getting, they're getting their security now. They're getting their wisdom now. So when the world starts trying to beat up on them, they're like, no, 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 that's not what God says. But, see, for me, for so long, I, I didn't. I just let the world get in here and was building all these kind of things and my heart went from that to looking like this and even though I could stand up on stage and I was trying to learn God's word so I could preach God's word and I was counseling people and I was doing all that my heart still looked like that because there were things that I didn't fix and God was saying hey you're ready you're at a point where you can start fixing some of these because just because our hearts look like this they don't have to stay that way you know what the good thing is we 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 recently did a message when, when you get hurt, you get cut deep enough, your skin scars, right? Now, it might not look pretty, but your skin scars, and actually that scarred tissue is stronger than the original tissue. So for some of us who have gone through things and our hearts are looking like this, when you try to get back and you believe God to redeem you and restore you, which he will, we might still have some scars on our heart, but it's just made us stronger, It's testimonies that we have that we can share with other people because they're going through the same thing that you're going through. And we have to be strong and courageous enough to share our experiences. That's how we grow. The Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, which I actually did go out and buy a while ago, and now everything's online, so I just use it online. But I've got this huge book, and it goes through every uh, listing of primary words contained in the King James Version of the Bible. You know what's something really cool? The Bible does not mention your brain once. Not once. You know why I believe that? Because we're so affected by what's going on in the world around us and so influenced, God's not worried about our brain. He's worried about our heart. Our heart is mentioned 826 times. 826 times, and the brain's not mentioned once. Proverbs 4, 23 in the NLT, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, some of you are going to sit in here and you're going to be like, man, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe I don't, but God does. God wanted me to share this with you today because there's too many people in here, in this room, 
We don't guard our hearts. We let all kinds of stuff in. And we're like, it's not that bad. Because we're comparing it to a worldly standard. Well, look what my neighbor's doing. Look what so-and-so's doing. Look at the lifestyle they're living. Hey, at least I go to church every Sunday. Let me share something with you. God's more concerned about the condition of your heart than he is about the condition of your environment. So often we're like, God, just deliver me from this place. Get me to a place where my finances are better. Get me to a place where my relationship's better. Get me to a place where I can, where I can learn better. My family situation's better. And God's like, work on this. Work on this and these other things. It says, guard your heart. We should be protecting what we allow in because it determines the course of our life. So if, if your life's not where you want it to be, it's not God's fault. How many times, young people, have we been talking and people come up and, you know, it's not just young people. I've had friends of mine who are my age and they're like, I just, I'm so mad at God, I'm frustrated with it. He doesn't do anything for me. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, when do you pray? Well, I mean, I, I asked him, I said, hey, help me get this car. I don't have a car yet. Help me get this job. I don't have a job yet. Help my bank account. I don't have a bank account. I mean, I'm still like, you know, bouncing check. All right, well, what have you done to seek him? So seek first the kingdom of God. What are you doing to seek him? You want to know what's crazy? Sometimes I talk to people. If you've given your heart to Christ, where are we going to spend eternity? You go ahead, you can speak up. I'm, I'm cool with you yelling out. Amen, there's nothing bad. But we're, we're going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, with God. We're going to be eternity, forever worshiping God. But you can't give him 30 minutes a day? Whoo! Sorry, that was a little loud, but that hit home. That hit home for me. Pastor Mike had told me before, I remember when I started this years ago, he's like, you got to read. I was like, I don't read. He goes, you're going to make time for what's important. That, that resonates all the time through my mind. You can't, you know, oh, I just, I'm so busy. No, it's what you're choosing to be busy with. It's up to you. How do you want your life to look? Do you want your life to look like everybody else's life or do you want to be different? You want people to come up and be like, what is it? I spend time with God. I pray all the time. I read my Bible. I want to know what God says. I don't want to take it from a preacher on a stage, even though they're brilliant. I want to know what God's saying to me because they can, we can preach a message and every one of you in here could get something completely different because God's word is alive and it's speaking to your heart. But do you want it? See, we, we want the physical, we want the worldly results of it, but we don't want to put the work in to get it. It's not easy. It's, if it was easy, this church would be full. But people are like, man, I'm tired. It's a nice day. The heat index is 110 and that AC isn't blowing cool enough, so I'm going to go to the beach. Right? But you're here. You're doing, you, you got step one. What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing Tuesday? What are you doing Thursday? Is your relationship with God a Sunday thing or a Monday thing? Or is it an everyday thing? Do you really want your life to change? Or do you think you're satisfying something that God wants you to do? You know what God wants? God wants your heart. God wants you to change so, you could see, so other people could see it so they can change. That's how this works. The Bible says that the heart is at the center or the seat of our emotions, our thoughts, and actions. So we are a spirit, 
We live in a body, and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. You can do two things. You can let your mind control your actions and your emotions, or you can let your heart. Two very different things. Think about faith. We're asked to believe things that we have no evidence and proof of. Our minds tell us, that's, that's not real. You're, you're telling me some guy could live in the mouth of a big fish? You're, you're telling me that, you know, somebody can come up with a staff and hit the ground and some ocean parts and people walk through and you, the Bible is filled. You want to know, know what's crazy? Wait, do I have it here? I, have, I might have it here. I think I did. In Mark 8, 17 through 19, I'm going to jump a little out of order, but I think it's, it, it'll fit in context. It says, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Have your hearts been hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see, ears but fail to hear? Do you not remember when I broke the five loaves of bread for the 5,000? How many basketfuls do we have to pick up? What God is telling us, like so many people are like, I want proof. I want evidence. I want to see what goes on. No, you don't. God was with the Israelites all the time. And what happened? If you don't know what happened, I'll tell you. They constantly forgot his provision. They constantly neglected to remember the blessings that they had. And they wound up wandering through the desert for years on a trip that should have took them eight days. How many of y'all wandering? How many of you guys have been wandering and you're not where you're at because you're taking your eyes off what God has already done for you? Because we're always looking for the next thing. So often God blesses us and we're like, oh, thank you, God, if we thank him. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you. And then the next thing comes around. Great. Can't believe you let this happen. Come on. What we need to do when things like that happen, because that's how the enemy works. The enemy, the closer you're getting to God, unfortunately, the the heart of the enemy is going to try to get at you. Because that's the last thing he wants. The last thing the enemy wants is his children glorifying God all the time, sharing their testimonies and what's going on in their lives. And other people are like, man, that's what Christian life's like? I thought y'all just prayed and walked around going, Solomon Amayo. A Christian life is filled with joy. A joy that's, it says, peace that surpasses all understanding. That means people, we can't even believe it. People won't believe and understand the peace that we have because in any situation that we're in, we can be cool. Because we know, hey, maybe this isn't working out the way I want, but God's got it. And look, I get it. You're like, well, this guy must not. Look, I was stressing out yesterday. Stressing out. Rachel didn't sleep last night. I kept hearing her toss and turn because in our own minds, when we want to do things under our own will, we get in our way. And you know who else's way we get in? We get in God's way. You know, Jesus couldn't bless people where he was from. Why? I'll tell you. <laughs> because they saw him grow up. And they're like, no, that's just that little carpenter kid. He was running, man, he, he, you know, yelled at my kid once or something. I don't know if Jesus did that. But I just picture, you know, he was a boy. He went up, he was, did boy things, and he was rowdy, and they saw him growing up and couldn't believe who he was because of what they, what they saw or what they thought they knew about him. So he couldn't do those things. We handcuff God all the time because of our unbelief. 
We handcuff God all the time because our lack of faith. It's not him, it's us. Our heart reflects the character of our life. That one, if you look at it, what are people saying? What, what do people say about you? Who do they think you are? What kind, of what kind of representative are you for Christ? I'm not saying this to put weight on you, all right? I'm saying it because you have to know. Because too many of us just want to come to church to make ourselves feel better, but we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for the people that aren't in this room right now. And the people that are in this room are growing and growing consistently and constantly. We're getting better and better and closer to Christ and looking more like him every day if we're doing what he wants us to do. Now, our hearts can be deceitful, wicked, and stony. I'd say most of us, even after we've given our hearts to Jesus, because the enemy doesn't stop. So we can have bad thoughts. We can have bad actions because our hearts are wicked and stony, but our hearts can be pure. They can be filled with joy. They can be filled with peace. Our hearts need to be sincere, clean, and renewed by God. Do you know that you can ask God to renew you every day? Every day. If, if you're blessed enough to wake up in the morning, you can ask God to renew your heart. I do, because I need it. And I believe God can use me because I'm aware of it. I do not think I'm perfect by any means. Ask Pastor Rachel, she knows. Ask anybody that plays volleyball with me. Me and this guy got into it Friday, and I love him, and afterwards we were able to hug it out, but I'm not perfect by any means. I can let the competitive nature get in and, and get aggravated. We can all get aggravated at, at siblings and family members, and I'm going to share a little bit. One of the greatest testimonies, one of the greatest breakthroughs that I've seen was with some people in our youth. They are two great young men, and all they did was buttheads. Everybody else is super nice to, super kind to, everything's going on. Sorry I'm sharing your story, but I'm not going to say your names. But, but like, I know God has something better. I knew it. I, man, I pray for them all the time, and all of our youth group is wonderful, but these guys are something special, and God was putting it on my heart. He's like, you've got to get him past that. So one day at a men's meeting, I heard him talking, and I had to butt in, and I got on him a little bit. You know, it's like, don't you listen to what I say? You know what I mean? Like they thought it's okay to love everybody else except for their family. But how many of us are like that? Like we, we can go ahead and love some stranger we don't know, you know, at the store. Let me buy your groceries. Let me here, I'll help you to the car. Let's, man, let me pray for you. But then we go home and we're like, ugh, just get out of my room. Get away, I can't talk to you right now. You know, we should be loving, like, if you have children, if you have children, I love my son. I want to bless my son as much as I can. I, I really do. I don't want to spoil him, so his mind's got to be right, right? But I want to bless him. But if his heart's not right, and you continue to bless him, that leads to arrogance, selfishness, greed, spoiled little brats that aren't appreciative, Everybody, I see everybody's like, yeah, so why are we any different? Because oh. Oh. we're spoiled, because we're like, God, do this for me. God, I need this from you. God, why haven't you done this for me? And God's like, 
how's the condition of your heart? Are you going to bless your children when they're being disobedient? Are you going to bless your children when they're being arrogant or selfish or spoiled? I'm just saying, you got to get your heart right. These are things you got to think about because so often we're quick to blame God for everything that's going on, but he's trying to work on our heart. Our heart is the place where experience, where we experience God at his word. I'm just going to break Proverbs 3.3 in the NIV. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy 11.18 in the NIV says, fix these words of mine in your heart. See how important our heart is? God wants us to take this information he's given us and put it here, not here. And then when you need it, he'll bring it out. The point was to keep God's word close to your heart and to make it a part of our daily life. But too many of us just make it a part of our weekend or our Sunday or our men's meeting or our womanhood meeting or our you know, Halloween event. And we're all in for that, and it's fantastic. But if you're not living like that every day, you've got a heart condition. You've got a heart condition. It should be an everyday thing. What are some symptoms of heart condition? So a symptom of a natural heart condition is pain, nausea, shortness of breath, sweating. Whew. Y'all might need to get ready. You got a defibrillator in the house? Dizziness and confusion. I'm not confused. Or dizzy. So listen, listen to some symptoms of a spiritual heart condition. See where you fit in. Lack of ability to perceive, remember, or grasp events or ideas coming from God. See anybody said, I just don't hear from God. Uh, he's just not talking to me. It's a heart condition. Insensitivity to sin and, and selfishness. That is running rampant. That's what the enemy's doing with whatever is going on around us. All of these things. God, the world wants us to be prideful of ourselves and not remember that we're not ours, we're God's. We were bought with a price, a great price, but too many people want to live just to satisfy whatever's going on in here, and self-pride is promoted, and, and, and lust is promoted, and everything that, that and I hate to say it because I sound like my grandma, but everything that 30 years ago when I was young and my grandma would say, baby, the world's on its head, it's just upside down, I see it now. Because all of these things that weren't natural, that weren't right, now are just okay. You couldn't hear, you know, the word D-A-M-N. I don't know if I can say it, but I'm going <laughs> to... You couldn't hear that on TV. Now you'll be listening to regular TV, and they'll drop F-bombs, and they'll have half-naked people on TV. The world is upside down, and it's the work of the enemy trying to desensitize you to the things that God says is not right. It's a lust of the flesh, a lust of the eyes, and a pride of life. And the enemy's like, okay, well, I'm going to take all these, and I'm going to flood the airways with it. I'm going to flood your phone with it. I'm going to flood movies with it. I'm going to flood TV with it. I'm going to flood conversation with it, and it all seems normal. It's not. It's not normal. It's not normal to, to, to lust after women. It's not normal to want, for women to want to have their bodies hanging out so men look at them that way. A man should be looking at a woman for her mind and her heart. And the body's a bonus. I shouldn't have said that, but. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
They're going to listen back to this and be like, all right, take that out next time. <laughs> Failure to follow God's commands, the way of Jesus, the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're deaf to it. We're deaf to it. I pray every day to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit because that's the only way I'm going to get through. Because I cannot, I know I cannot do it under my own strength and my own power. I have to have the Holy Spirit guide me. I have to. And you do too. This is a great one. Arrogance and pride. I was just talking about it. When we put ourselves before others, that's arrogance and pride. That's not how it's supposed to be. And I'm, look, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not. Because the first thing that most of us naturally want to do is take care of self. You know how you fix that? You serve. Everybody in here should be serving. I'm going to get on you for a little bit. You, you know, because if you're dealing with something, and we've talked about it in youth, the best way to get over something that you're dealing with is to serve somebody else. Because most likely, somebody else has a solution to your problem, and they're waiting to serve you. And maybe they just need to see you serving and doing stuff for other people selflessly to grow the kingdom, to grow the church, so the church can go out and do what it was called to do, and they need to see that, then they'll serve, and they're the answer to your problem. But we don't see it like that. We're like, oh, what's in it for me? What do I have to do? What can I get? We got to get rid of that selfishness or arrogance and pride. If you're easily offended, <laughs> resentful, or lacks the ability to forgive, man, I could be easily offended. It might seem like I got some, some thick skin, but when I go home, I can think to myself, sometimes I won't even share it with Rachel, but I'm like, I can't believe they said that. Can't believe it. We can't let ourselves get offended because out of our heart, our mouth speaks, and we all know some of us have some wicked hearts, and what happens is people say, they'll say things that they don't mean to offend you, and some of them just don't. Uh, Lexi and I were talking about this. Um, some customers that we have, they can just say some things. Well, I'm not going to get into that. But people can, people can say things and not mean to offend you, and then you walk away offended. You're indifferent to the word of God, meaning you'll hear what the, you'll read what the gospel says and you're like, he can't mean that. He does. Especially if you're resisting it, you're fighting it, that's what he means. And unbelief and drawing away from God. And I felt like that's a journey I was on a couple months ago. The enemy was working. And look, the enemy's clever. I'm not giving him props, but he's clever. He's been here a long time and he can use the right people, the right situation, the right circumstance, and he can start to drive a wedge between people you love and will get you to want to pull away from the kingdom and doing the kingdom's work. And it wasn't about our relationship. It wasn't about the church. It, wasn't, it was about the enemy driving a wedge to get us out because they don't want us to share the gospel. They don't want us to grow. And then not only do you affect yourself when you allow... This person didn't say hi to me. I'm not going to talk to them anymore at church. Come on, man. I didn't win the raffle. I didn't, you know, we, but it's true. We let so many things get between us and the church. I didn't get to serve the way I wanted. They, I did a growth track, and they said I shouldn't be preacher. They said I should be a greeter. I should be a preacher. Well, maybe you'll change, but you know what? Start where you're supposed to be. Start greeting. See what God does with you. As you grow and you mature, maybe you are meant to be a preacher, but maybe you got to mature first. I got no side did. 
I couldn't imagine if they would have had me on stage when I first came out here, even my first couple times. But you have to start somewhere. Start where God wants you. He knows. He knows best. So what's a cure? What's a cure? First, you have to ask yourself, who is Jesus to me? Is he your life raft? Is he your little flotation thing that you throw in when you're drowning? Or is he your savior and your Lord? See, so many of us, when we say that salvation prayer, we say Lord and savior, and we kind of just mean savior. That's because our hearts look like this. We have to allow Jesus to be Lord of our life. If he's not Lord and you just want him to be your savior, you will never grow the way he wants you to grow. You will never spiritually mature to the point that he wants you to mature to, and you will never reach the people he has assigned you to reach. Who is Jesus to you? Ask yourself that question. Don't walk out of these doors saying that, that youth guy doesn't know what he's talking about. That might be for them young kids. This is a word for you. Who is Jesus to you? Do you claim to love Jesus, but you hate people from another race? Do you claim to love Jesus and hate people from another po political party? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it because we all, oh, this, and this person, guess what? God created us all different. God created us all with different ideas, different agendas, different places, right? You can disagree, hate the sin, and love the sinner. We're called to love people, and we're not growing the way we want because we hold grudges against people because of silly things, and God's saying we're all going to be in heaven one day. Well, he wants us all to be in heaven one day, and that's up to you. Whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're independent, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're black, whether you're white, he doesn't care about that. He cares about your heart. And if you can't love somebody sitting across a political aisle from you, and they're maybe your brother in Christ or your sister in Christ, how can, you, how can he continue to bless you with other things? You've got to get past that first. It says to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. His second command is love your neighbor as yourself. Too many of us can't love our neighbor. We have such a hard time loving our neighbors. So the cure, who is Jesus to you? Now, in, for cardiac rehab, uh, for a natural heart condition, you go through supervised programs that include physical activity, education, and counseling. I'm going to say it's exactly the same thing for your spiritual heart condition. Physical activity is great. We need to be physically active. Whether it's walking, whether it's water aerobics, whether it's basketball, which y'all going to get beat, these young people think they can beat the leaders in basketball, and they wear Crocs. They wear sandals to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, I got the stage. I'm going to hear about, well, they were in sport mode. <laughs> when I was young, you wouldn't let you, they wouldn't let you near the court with Crocs on, and they think they could beat us in basketball. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week, see how it is. But physical activity is good. You need to be physically active. Part of keeping your temple right, which the Holy Spirit dwells, keeping it as healthy as you possibly can. It's important. It'll make your, you think clearly. It'll make you joyful. It releases um, endorphins and things in your body that, that God put there to get you up and going. It makes you feel better about yourself. It gives you confidence. It's important to take care of yourself. So physical activity is very important, whatever level it is. Maybe it's walking around the block once. Maybe it's, I don't know, walking to the takeout place and getting the food back. I don't know what it is. Or just not going to the takeout place at all. But whatever it is, take care of your body. Second, education. Study God's word. 
Study God's word. Study God's word. Why do you, you know, some of us are like little baby birds. Ah, ah, and they just, you know, we want to be fed and fed and fed and fed and fed, but we won't go out and get the food ourselves. We're still on milk. We're not eating meat. God's saying, hey, you've grown. You've been getting fed. Hey, go out, learn on your own. Study on your own. Talk about it. We, uh, we got a youth chat, and they'll put things on there, and, and I intentionally won't answer it. I won't think, and they'll start, it's a beautiful thing. They start answering each other's questions and talking about it, helping them out, and you could see God working through a, a WhatsApp chat because they're bold enough and courageous enough to put it out there, and then other people are bold and courageous enough to share their testimonies to say, hey, well, this is what God said to me. This is what God's done to me because that's how it's supposed to work. And you see change, and you see growth. Do you have that in your life? Do you have that in the group of people that you choose to hang around with? If you don't, maybe you're the one to start it. Maybe you're the one that needs to be counseling other people. Leads to my last one, counseling. We're here for you. I'll never forget, I thought I was dying one day. Like literally, thought I was dying. Didn't know what was going on. I thought I was going to pass out. Thought I was having a heart attack. It was crazy. I was at a an automotive store, and I honestly can't remember what happened and how it came about, but I, 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 don't, I don't remember if I called Rachel and said, hey, I think I'm dying. I'm just going to sit here for a little bit. I do remember telling the guy that works there, because something was going wrong, and I went up to the guy that worked at the counter. I was like, hey, I'm going to sit in this chair right here. Could you just keep an eye on me? If I pass out, could you call an ambulance? He was like, what? And I'm like, I think I'm okay, because at first I went to my car, and I was drinking water. And I'm like, man, if I pass out in my car... I could just sit here and die. <laughs> so I just wanted to be where somebody, and that freaked him out. He called the ambulance. The ambulance came. They put me in the ambulance. I look up at the door. I saw that guy right there. I don't even know how he knew to get there. I don't remember. But he was there. These people have been there for me. These young people have been there for me. People that we hang out with and do baseball and do fishing and do life groups and do euchre and, and all this. You've been there for me. Maybe you didn't know it, but maybe just a quick conversation that we had had encouraged me. People that teach my son because I don't have the patience. And I want him to live past 15. So I have to <laughs> ask for people to help that, that are better at that than me. But we're here for each other. That's what the church is about. We need to be mindful and purposeful with everything that we do. Everything? Yes, everything. Because the little decisions won't get you, the big decisions really won't get you off course. It's the little ones. And we talk about if you're steering a ship and you get off one degree and then one degree and then one degree and then one degree and you're going on this journey of life and you think you're going to wind up where you want, you wind, you're like, how did I get here? It's because a little bit at a time, the enemy steered you in the wrong direction. He's hardened your heart. He's got you to, to not like your neighbor or not like somebody else. He's changed the course of your direction. So be purposeful with every decision that you make. And it says in the Bible to pray about everything. It says everything. You mean everything? Everything. That's what it says. I'm not making it up. It says everything. If it says we should pray about everything, yes, we should pray about everything. I pray about jobs. I learned that from my stepdad. Where are these rats coming in from? It works. Sometimes I have to call them, but it works. And God could use him to help me. Just like preventing natural heart disease, we can greatly reduce the risk of the enemy stealing our hearts 
by our daily behavior. It's our lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. It's not some crazy, it doesn't always have to be some crazy spiritual attack. It's how you're living your life every day. It's the little things, the little choices that we make every day that are determining the course of our life. Why don't we change? A lot of us think we have more time. One of the greatest lies the enemy has. You're not promised to make it home today. You're not. When we do events, we're not promised to make it home. Things happen to people all the time. We don't have, we don't have as much time as we think. We need to make today be the day that we change. We need today to be the day that we're kinder. We need today to be the day that we're filled with joy. Today needs to be the day that we pray and worship and glorify God. Today, now, not tomorrow. I'm gonna close with this. In Romans 6.16, it says, don't you know that when you, are, when you offer yourself to someone as a, an obedient slave, you are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. We're all slaves to something. And the crazy thing is, if you can get this visual... And I, I, I actually borrowed this from somebody. Where you can imagine being shackled in the bottom of a slave ship heading to the end of your life. And there's all these people out there in the world that don't know Jesus. They don't know the saving power of God. And they're all shackled. And we're all shackled down there together. You know the difference between them and us is? Our shackles are open and our chains are broken, but we're still sitting right next to them. We're sitting right next to them, heading to the end of our lives. No shackles, no chains, but we refuse to get up, get out of the bottom of the ship, change the direction of our life. Can you hear that? A little louder? Can you hear it? That's the sound of your heartbeat. If you still that got that going on inside of your body right now, God's not done with you. If you could put your hand on your heart and feel that thing beating, God's not done with you. Oh, I'm too old. You're not too old. You're just at the right age. You're too young. I'm too young. You're not too young. I don't know enough. You know enough. He's given you the courage. He's given you everything that you need. Your shackles and your chains are broken. We need to get up out of that slave ship. What I want to do right now, because we never want to close the service, I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. I don't, I don't know the heart of every man and woman in this room, but God does. And I believe this message was delivered today for a reason, for people who are here that need to hear it. Now, first, what I want to do is if you've never given your heart to Jesus before, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But there's something that you heard where you're like, I need that. You've never done it before, but you want to do it today. Would you raise your hand? Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I see your hand. I see your hand. This is for you. 
God will leave the 99 for the one. So what we're going to do is we're going to say this as a family because we are Faith Family Church. We've had two people come to Jesus today. Say, Father, thank you for saving me from myself. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children say teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.